Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Fox News' parent company settled a defamation lawsuit. The biggest U.S. banks have emerged from the banking panic in pretty great shape. China's economy is bouncing back from the pandemic, and a lot of lawmakers want to restrict the use of TikTok. The FT's Yuan Yang says if you look closely at the debate... There's a really big gulf in public narrative between the Generation Z and millennial, let's say under 30s, who largely use the platform, and the politicians who, let's face it, are largely over the age of of 50 or, or 60. I'm Sonia Hudson, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The corporation that owns Fox News has settled a defamation case over its claims of U.S. election fraud to the tune of about $787 million. That's according to a lawyer for the voting machine maker Dominion. Dominion sued Fox Corporation for on-air statements that accused the company of rigging its devices to award votes to President Joe Biden. The settlement means that Fox can avoid public testimony from several Fox stars, including Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram. Bank of America reported earnings yesterday. And like other U.S. megabanks, B of A sailed out of last month's banking crisis in fine shape. First quarter profits were up 15%. Here's the FT's Josh Franklin. So the big banks, you know, the, the J.P. Morgan Chases, the Citigroups, the Bank of Americas of the world, they very clearly benefited in March from deposit inflows from uh, a lot of these regional banks that did struggle a little bit more during March. What was particularly interesting was that this reversed the trend of these big banks actually losing deposits during the first three months of the year. And that was really a continuation of something we've seen going back all the way to March of last year when the Federal Reserve started raising interest rates and banks didn't really start rewarding customers with higher rates. They started just charging more for loans. And so bank deposits gradually started migrating out away from banks into higher yielding products like money market funds. But what the events of March with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank did is they kind of reversed that trend and meant that deposits started migrating back to the big banks. The question is how sustainable that is. So Bank of America's earnings beat expectations, but the bank also announced yesterday that they're slashing up to 4,000 jobs. Why is that? Interesting. It's it's a little bit of a hangover from you know the good times, I suppose. Uh, you know the times of you know back in 2021 and 2022 when jobs in finance were really plentiful, and banks were really worried about losing people in a competitive job market. So what a lot of banks did, uh, and a lot of financial institutions did, is they kind of overhired because they thought that attrition was going to be particularly high. And now what Bank of America is saying is the job market is really cooling off. Attrition isn't nearly as high as it was, you know, 12, 18 months ago. So now we actually probably are a little bit too big as an organization. That's the FT's U.S. banking editor, Josh Franklin. China's economy is rebounding from the pandemic. The latest GDP numbers out yesterday show the economy grew 4.5% last quarter. That's on track to meet the government's target for 5% growth for the year. Here's the FT's Joe Leahy. 
The strongest point was was consumption, which rose uh, very quickly during the quarter. We saw it reached in March 10.6%, which was the highest in two years. And we saw people returning, as I mentioned, to, to restaurants. So this was a big, a big change from last year, of course, when the entire economy was shut down and people were staying home. China's exports also jumped, largely because of electric vehicle sales and exports to Russia. But economists say the strength in exports may not last if consumer demand drops in important markets like the U.S. and Europe. Joe says another crucial factor for China's economic growth is domestic housing. The property sector, of course, over the past few years was absolutely crushed by government policies to try to get companies to deleverage. And during this quarter, there were still signs of, of weakness in the property sector. The thing that really picked up during this last quarter were property prices. So they, they started to recover. And that should help with confidence among consumers as, as the prices of their properties begin to recover. We can see them becoming more confident about consuming and perhaps spending again. Uh, so I think that's going to determine how strong the economy is this year as well. That's the FT's Beijing bureau chief, Joe Leahy. There's been a lot of political hand-wringing about TikTok. The social media app is owned by Chinese company ByteDance. Many Western politicians are so concerned about Beijing's ability to access user data, they want to ban or restrict the app. More than half of all U.S. states have already banned TikTok from being used on government devices. One even blocked it from personal devices. But the FT's Yuan Yang has been paying attention to lawmakers and activists who don't want these bans. She joins me now to talk more about this. Hi, Yuan. Hi there. So the politicians and activists who don't want to restrict people from using TikTok, what's their argument? I think what's interesting is that there's quite a range of politicians from different parts of the political spectrum. So in the US, for example, you have conservatives like Rand Paul who are using a freedom of speech argument to say that the government shouldn't be restricting what kinds of social media its citizens can or can't go onto. And also that ironically, that makes the US a bit more like China, which does heavily censor and restrict social media platforms. And then you have more of the younger and left-leaning politicians, for example, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who are, who's pointing out the hypocrisy or the inconsistency of banning one social media platform in the U.S. while not looking at any of the other social media platforms and the kind of absence of data protection law in the U.S. that leads to these problems uh, in part in the first place. And those younger politicians are also more likely to be actually on the platform and using social media to communicate with their constituents. But do you see any validity to the argument for banning or restricting TikTok and the concerns that politicians have about the app's ability to keep its users' data out of Beijing's hands? So I think these concerns are valid in part, but not to the extent that they've been playing out in the U.S. debate. So firstly, any company in China, whether that's American, European or Chinese, can be compelled to give data to the intelligence agencies but that, I think, is a slightly separate issue to the questions that are now plaguing TikTok, which is kind of what kind of data is being gathered, how much does that put people at risk, is there malicious access to data that's not even uh, not even the data that you consent to giving TikTok. 
So I see there being a case for restricting the use of TikTok and let's say kind of leisure or recreational apps on work devices, particularly if you're working for a government, as the European Commission have done. But restricting access to a whole platform for the entire population, regardless of their personal security risks and what kinds of um, intelligence they're holding, is quite a different level. And you do start to look a bit like the Chinese Great Firewall and system of internet controls when you go down that route. You mentioned earlier the absence of data protection laws in the U.S., and that's a big difference with the EU, which does have a whole system of laws to protect consumers' online data. How does that affect the debate over TikTok? I think it does make a big difference that in the European Union, there is at least on the on the statute book says the the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulations, and that there is a framework there that would decide what constitutes a violation of privacy, what is reasonable data collection, and for what uses. In the US, there is no such consumer-facing protection. And so the discussion over TikTok is not actually tied to any law or any framework of rights, which means that it can go a bit all over the place. And I think in a in a rule of law democracy, there should be a framework for having these discussions. Otherwise, the goalposts can be moved arbitrarily and also applied arbitrarily to different companies. Yuan Yang is the FT's China-Europe correspondent. Thanks, Yuan. Thank you. Before we go, here's an alert for our British politics junkies, or aspiring junkies. Today, our UK political columnist Stephen Bush is moderating a special online panel to discuss Britain's political future, the economy, and Brexit. You'll be able to submit your own questions, too. It's today at 1 p.m. London time, 8 a.m. New York. It's a subscriber-only event, and we've got a link in the show notes to register. You can read more on all these stories at ft.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business whether it's a local operation or a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.